The NFL draft may be over, but the Ringer NFL show isn't going anywhere. On Mondays, join Kevin and Nora as they look ahead to the 2021 season. And on Wednesdays, check out Flying Coach Season 2 with NFL Network's Peter Schrager and Rams head coach Sean McVay. The two longtime friends are joined by guests from around the sports and entertainment world to discuss the latest NFL news, tell stories from their careers, and break down the game from their unique perspectives. Check out the Ringer NFL show on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. This episode is brought to you by Viore. I love sports. I know you do too. I also know that lots of you exercise, but if you're like me and my wife, the the beloved sports gal, you're sick and tired of ugly, uncomfortable workout gear, especially, you know, I do a lot of walking. I walk around LA. I make calls. I listen to podcasts. Here are two words that will change everything. Viore clothing, a line of activewear that is unbelievable. The best thing about Viore is you can lounge around in it you can work out in it. You can go outside. You can go shopping down in your local wherever. And you never feel like you're either underdressed or overdressed. You're just comfortable. You can wear it when you're training, traveling, lounging around the house. Go get yourself some of the most comfortable and versatile clothing on the planet. Here's the deal. Our listeners get 20% off their first purchase at viori.com slash Simmons. Once again, V-U-O-R-I.com slash Simmons. This episode is brought to you by Anytime Fitness. We're not all professional athletes, but we all have health goals. That's why Anytime Fitness gives you access to personalized plans and support from a coach. Plus, you can track your training, nutrition, and recovery progress with the Anytime Fitness app, just like the pros. With 24-7 access to more than 5,000 gyms worldwide, get more from your gym membership. Visit anytimefitness.com to try it for free today. Terms, conditions, Restrictions all apply. See website for details. Hello and welcome to Baseball Barbecue, the only podcast on the Ringer Podcast Network to come within six feet of catching a home run at the Home Run Derby. As far as I could tell, no one else was there. I didn't see CC. In the outfield. I did see him in the dugout, but he wasn't in the outfield. No. In the stands. We were, we were the only ones out there uh, sitting in the auxiliary press box very comfortably in fair territory, hoping a home run would land near us. We were not out in the in the madness in left field, which Thankfully. truly truly looked like a war zone. <laughs> um, but yes, Jake, we uh, were at the Home Run Derby. We are talking to you live eight floors apart from the same hotel in Denver, Colorado, where we are at the 2021 All-Star Week. We've got the All-Star Game going on tonight. Of course, we had the Home Run Derby last night where Pete Alonso uh, reestablished his dominance. We are going to talk all about our All-Star experience thus far, our favorite moments, the weirdest moments, the coolest moments, the new experiences like the MLB draft, which was more different than we've ever seen it before. Uh, and then, of course, we'll hit you with a little, little All-Star related good, bad, ugly uh, later on in the show, and then we will say goodbye. Uh, because we're at the All-Star Game, and we have other things to do. So, where would you like to begin, uh, my good friend Jake Mintz? I would like to begin with the story of the Home Run Derby. One, Mr. Peter Alonzo. Last night during the Derby, the polar bear was the story. It was never a doubt. At no point yesterday did I really, or you really, ever think that he would lose. It was a formality. Yeah, I would say that I, I really had this suspicion 
about a week ago, I was like, ooh, I think Pete might just win, especially with the other seven guys all doing it for the first time. Um, I know some of them had a home run derby experience in the past, like Mancini. Uh, you wrote a great story about Trey Mancini's home run derby thrower and then his experience doing it in like college 10 years ago. Um, but Pete, obviously, in 2019 was incredible, even though Vlad Jr. was the story. So I would say that, you know, we all hoped that it would be Otani. I picked Gallo. He was arguably probably the most disappointing uh, performance of the night. Um, yeah. But once Pete started in his in his first round, once I was Pete like, did oh, his oh, no, first he's, round. he's not going to lose. Like, yeah. He had the, the the distance was easy. Again, there's so many the keys to, to home run derby uh, success. You know, obviously the thrower. And while we couldn't necessarily tell from our seats where we were sitting in Coors Field, it was very clear that people on Twitter and people were watching at home were very aware that Dave Jouse was throwing like the best BP of all time. And that is a huge part of derby success. That said. Pete won with his cousin in 2019, who clearly was not like throwing BP for a living. So he's going to win. Pete could win. I think Pete could win the Derby with you throwing. <laughs> he he very well might. I, I he very well would have a good chance. Uh, and I my BP is not not great, but he not was that great. dominant, man. He was that dominant. He was that dominant. And yeah, the first round he hit 35, and that was I think I tweeted it. It was like a home run every 6.9 seconds, which is just uh, besides being nice, is just jarring. And like almost as good of a round as you can really put up with this new format. Um, he is the perfect energy for the event. He is a doofus, but he's also incredible at the same time. He takes it very seriously, but he also has fun with it. Like when he called, he was, I don't know if you remember this, you saw this run, but he was a homer behind Soto in the second round with a minute left. And he called timeout just so he could pump up the crowd which is like both a huge doofus move and like very cool at the same time. Uh, but yeah, he was the story. Trey Mancini was very impressive just for a guy who like when you think of raw power, you definitely he's probably like the 38th best raw power in baseball. <laughs> right, right. And and of course, he's always been just a very like consistent power uh, hitter. But like I don't think of Mancini when I think of like in-game home runs where I'm like, holy shit, right? Like, that's Tra not... A Trey Mancini home run has, as an Orioles fan, right. a Trey Mancini home run has never made me say, holy shit. Right. And I right. would say that every other participant in the Derby mm -hmm. has done that to me at some point. <laughs> right, exactly. And so uh, to see him uh, barely get by Matt Olson, I mean, he put up a great show. And then Olsen, Olsen, I think, was like five feet from tying it, but it went foul. Uh, so that was a, a cool moment. Um, and then story, of course, yeah, Gallo was definitely, I would say, the most disappointing. I had high hopes for him. I think he, you could kind of see that that he would had not done it before and was feeling the pressure of people expect me to win. I'm Joey Gallo. He was popping a ton straight yeah. up. Um, I, I think yeah. what happened to Gallo is what happened to Otani, where Maybe, if you're doing yeah. it for the first time, you can practice as much as you want, but you're going to get sped up, right? I think you're going to rush a little bit. And we saw that with Otani yanking all those balls down the right field line. And then Gallo had the opposite issue. Like Gallo was doing a lot of that. And then he over-adjusted and he was kind of like flailing things into the opposite field and up. But once they get it died, this is what's so incredible to me about the Derby, right? Even the ones, the participants who like aren't in a rhythm, once they get in a rhythm, they're it's all capable. automatic. They're, they're just all in, capable. right? Yep. You're just like, locked in and then it's just process and then they just go like once otani got hot i mean 
Even yeah. Gallo in when in his bonus round caught up and almost caught Story, right? Like yeah. obviously we know they're all capable of hitting home runs. It's right there in the home run derby, but it's the rhythm. And and in terms of the in park experience, that's why the derby is fun. Because it's the it's the building up the the you know, in 19 when Schwarber hit, you know, 10 or 11 in a row um to to tie Reese or to pass Reese, right? Like those are why the Derby moments are so exciting. It's not necessarily the individual home runs and how far they go, although we can talk a little bit about that too. It's to see how many in a row guys can hit when they get in that rhythm. When they and especially now when then when the umpires are less concerned about stopping the pitchers, uh, you could get into much more of a, a much more of a rhythm. There's much more momentum towards that. And uh, every guy had a moment like that. I mean, Salvador Perez was unbelievable. Like, he was yeah. unbelievable. And ha- him having let's, to follow Pete sucked. Let's talk um, about Salvador Perez for a second. Yeah. So I think some people – is it fair? Mm-hmm. Is it fair that Salvador Perez hit the second most home runs technically in the first round and didn't get to advance? Yeah, very unfair. Tough nuggets. Like, the home run derby is not a night for truth. The home run derby is a night for home runs. And Salvador Perez kind of got screwed, but he's going to be fine. He has a World Series ring and millions of dollars and a beautiful family. Like, he's going to be okay, right? Like He's going to be okay. And also, like, I still now think of Salvador, as Salvador Perez more after watching Oh, yeah. Like, I, 100%. He earned it. Like, I was like, oh, my God, this, this dude is unreal. And, like, he probably would have just lost to Pete in the second round. Right. <laughs> like again, back to the original point, Pete was going to win. So yes. it, it's not like anyone else necessarily got screwed. There were a number of, of other moments kind of throughout where they kind of maybe helped Pete a little bit, but it, it again, I'm just saying it didn't matter. Like when the, I think one of the receivers in the outfield, like one of the ball children, like yeah. tore an ACL is like that, going, oh, I I don't know. I, I I don't. I didn't see any reporting on that, and I'm not sure okay. what was shown on the broadcast. There was, but there was definitely an injury, injury in the final round. Yes, there was an in, basically what happened was Pete called a timeout. Yes, and during the timeout, there was an injury, and they like I don't know how much of this they showed on the broadcast, but they like helped someone they off the definitely field. Helped someone off. Yes, they I like saw that. waddled them across the field, and that gave Pete like an extra minute of rest. Which again, I, I texted Jordan. I was like. Did P- is Pete going to win this thing because he nailed someone with a, a laser beam and like gets an extra minute to rest? And then it was like, oh, it doesn't matter. Like he was going to win. Pete, there was there was no series of events last night that was going to take this away from Pete Alonso, and that's just a fact. And Pete was like, this was the other difference. Was like, Pete was having a great time. Pete was dancing jer- while he was up there. Right, every other guy. I mean, okay, we can we'll get to Otani in a second. Obviously, we'll we'll talk about the Otani experience in the whole week, but like. In particular, Otani was wiped. And all the other guys were either wiped or like clearly frustrated or like not quite right. Like Mancini started slow and you would tell, and Pete was just like, all right, here we go. I'm going to do my thing. I'm going to kind of bop and go up and down and just knock seven homers in a row. Like it was just such a confident performance. It was really, really a confident performance. I, yeah, it was, it was really impressive. Like it was, he is just such a perfect doofus for this. And I don't mean that in a bad way. Like he takes it seriously, but he doesn't take it seriously. And it's the perfect balance. Um, there's no reason to think he won't win five. He is going to continue. If he chose to do it this year in a year where he's not on the all-star team, he will continue to do it for the foreseeable future if he's healthy. And I would say there, 
I he's the favorite for next year. Like, yeah. And here here's why I'm so convinced he's going to do it. the The home run derby records are extremely attainable, right? He's yeah. only the whatever third guy ever to go back to back. He's uh, only the along, fourth with two. Only the fourth with two, and like. He's just getting started. Like, he could easily just blow past Griffey. I mean, he's going to do another th- third one. And, like, I like this as a derby narrative where it's like, beat Pete. Like, I know some people are going to get tired of it. And I think last night there was a, there was a part of the, of the night where everyone kind of realized Pete was going to win. And that sort, of, that sort of took some of the energy out of the stadium because there wasn't as much suspense. Um, but I do think it'll be cool to have new challengers, right? Like, Maybe next, and maybe when Vlad comes back and does it and tries to beat him, right? But like Tatis will hopefully do it someday, right? There's other guys where we would love to see challenge and see if they can be Pete. And I, I think that'll be a cool, that's, I think that is kind of a cool uh, narrative if we are right that he's going to do it every year, which I would love to see. It's a spinoff of B Bobby Flay. This is B Pete. Um, let's talk about the experience of being in the crowd. Sure. Um, the first round was electric. All of those first round matchups were outstanding. The crowd was into it. Second round, the opposite of Valley. Okay. That was the work on your game story, 45 minute period. That was go get food. That was grab a bite. It was obvious. I think like Mancini smoked story story, just kind of like forgot how to hit home runs for two minutes. And then Soto was so tired from the swing off with Otani that which you know, can we not hold on? Oh, we take do you want to talk about? Can we take a moment to talk about Soto because he's the one we have not actually okay, uh, acknowledged let's talk about, yet here on this sorry. podcast. We'll take a pause. Take a pause. Take a Swing. pause. Otani versus Soto. Otani versus Soto because that was the the star of the first round, and as we knew going into it, and of course the seeding was just based on how many home runs they had, so it was kind of both lucky and unlucky that this is what we got in the first round. Um, but man, like. I think we were all underestimating Soto. We all wanted to see Otani hit 500 homers and forgetting that Juan Soto. I, I tweeted this a couple weeks ago. Like, he's still been just as good and he's just been, hasn't quite as lucky. Obviously, the Nats have been the Kyle Schwarber show and everyone else stinks on their team. So, like, he, he was amazing. He was controlled. Again, same kind of thing. When he got in a rhythm, he was blasting them to just the most incredible parts of the park. He was basically the only one going oppo consistently uh, last night. And then, you know, even in 19 in Cleveland, Pete was going center oppo way more often than he was last night. Last night, he was yanking 90% of them to left center. But, but he was so easily just depositing them into left center, deep, deep center field. I, Soto was unbelievable. And then the swing off, like, who could you possibly pick in a swing off? Again, you have three. You're only you have to hit a home run on a swing. You get to pick your pitch. You're not timed. Who else are you going to pick but Juan Soto? It was the least surprising three for three I've ever seen. <laughs> At least exactly the person you would take in that spot. And he delivered. And he's amazing. And, and I, I'm glad it was a reminder. It was like, oh, right. He's 22. We are so lucky to have him in baseball. Uh, Otani lived up to expectations. There was about a, a minute period where he didn't. And it, there, so he starts his round, right? And the the anticipation in the crowd was really unlike anything I've ever been a part of. Where I would say Judge was close. I would Judge say Judge was in 17 was close. Judge in 17 was but close. Yeah, yeah. Other than that, there was no other kind of like nervous excitement when he stepped. Everyone in. wanted him to do well, right? And like when he hit the ball to the quadruple deck in BP, he just raised the expectations even higher. And I will say, I cannot remember. Again, there's different versions of, of bad derby performances or stretches, right? 
there's just a bad thrower like Matt Chapman, like his dad just was not throwing him good BP. So he just couldn't really hit anything straight. But the consistency with which Otani, I mean, he literally hit seven or eight in a row ground balls to first base. I, I'm not sure I've ever seen. No, those were like no, 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 no. They yeah. were laser oh, beams they, down the line. They were du- hard hit doubles down the right field line. It was a little bit of the point is, is that they were all in the exact same exact direction. same spot, exact, exact same, same direction. Um, and but luckily, again, I think three minutes is the perfect amount of time for a round for a guy to find it right because in a two minute round or if it's shorter, he can't climb out of that hole. But yeah. they can find it so fast that he did. This was key that in the first round. No one didn't find it. Every single hitter at one, even Gallo towards the end found it, right? And when Otani found it, he found it. The moments before that, it was one, it was so uncomfortable in the stadium because there was the tension of everyone wanted him to do well. And there was a realization that like, what if he doesn't? Like, it was like very sad. And people were like, ooh, Every time he hit it to down the right field, like, ooh. And I was thinking about you know the story I wrote with Mark McGuire in 1998 at Coors Field, the year that he broke the, the record, and he showed up and hit four, and everyone booed him. I heard one boo. I heard one Otani boo during yeah. that tough stretch. And if that was you, if you're listening to this pod, unsubscribe because <laughs> – we don't, we don't need you here. We don't need that kind As, of energy. What are the chances that the one Otani booer is listening to baseball barbecue? Seems unlikely. But Seems I, unlikely. I do I do still agree if that was Can you good. imagine like that uh, person <laughs> is so upset. They've been like a lifelong BBQ fan and they write you like a apology letter. <laughs> don't boo. This is how you change but, hearts and minds, Jake. Thank you. That that beautiful but PSA. Jake, I'm so glad you brought I'm so glad you brought don't that up. Don't boo vote. I'm so glad I'm so glad you brought that up though, because like I also had that thought after the first five ground balls in a row down the line was like oh no like are fans gonna be booing him i i was i i didn't think it was definitely gonna happen but i was like oh no like everyone wants to see this and he's not delivering right um yeah but again and then like, he delivered and he delivered it, and then he delivered exactly exactly and it was enough time and, and he, he he did put on a show but i will say dude was exhausted the oh most my God. visibly exhausted i think derby i've ever seen i've ever seen he was literally on his knees between rounds like, and he was like, but clearly he was like laughing about it, but he was, but it was like, I was like, damn dude, like we're asking a lot of this guy. And then of course he's going to start tonight. We'll get to that in a second. Um, but like, it was crazy. It was crazy. And we know that it's, we know that it's tiring, but I've never seen it so obvious. on, on a Did guy's they face. show the Mike Trout phone call on the broadcast? Oh my God. What was that like? Yeah. And they talked, they talked a lot about okay. it too. They I don't know what you're talking about. It made for no some, idea what you're talking about. Okay. So it made for a good okay, meme. So, of Otani taking the phone call, someone handing him the phone. Jordan didn't see this at all. Okay, so no during Otani's <laughs> first round, they called timeout, and someone handed him a phone, and it was Trout. And he talked to Trout. Like, Trout was just like, you got it, my guy. And then, like, Otani got it, my guy. How? Uh- you know, after that happened, they talked about how when Otani signed with the Angels, Trout was not in L.A. He was in the East Coast for Trout's own wedding. And he FaceTimed with Otani to recruit him. I you guys that. might remember yeah. this story. So I just heard the end of that snippet. And I was like, wait, Mike Trout's getting married again? And he's FaceTiming Otani he's during the home run derby right now? Since yeah. he can't play in the All-Star game. And then I put two and two together and realized it was about the recruiting thing. But I sort of loved the idea of Mike Trout like renewing his vows <laughs> over like a pork roll sandwich in like South At Jersey. Joe's, no, Joe's uh, diner. 
Joe's and lunch. being like, wait, and, it's watch it go tiny on the TV. Hey, you're doing great, man. And being like, I need to call him. You're doing a great job. Wait, but do we know who he called? Like, do we know whose phone he called? No, I don't I know. I, again, wait, 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 I need it. to correct myself. It's Jim's lunch. Jim's, Jim's lunch. lunch. <laughs> they, they, they mentioned it uh, on the PA, like very briefly. Uh, oh, okay. No matter what, Otani was was incredible. Um, let's talk about watching the Derby in person. Okay, as an sure. experience. It's the it's the best. It is the best. It is the best. Even last night, which Jordan hot takeily claimed was, you said the second worst Derby we've been to. Yes, but again, like we're we're Bet- we've been very great. spoiled lately. We've been to each one since San Diego, um, and again, it was much more about the lack of suspense. We had some amazing moments. It was a great field. There were, what, 15, 500-foot home runs? Like, it was a great derby. I was just saying that the bar has been set so ridiculously yeah. high that it felt just like there was, it was uneven and there wasn't as much. Again, I had a great time. I'm not complaining. Of course. I'm not saying you're complaining. Thousand, I know. I know. I just, I just want to be very clear here. I just the, the bar has been set so high, and that's why the, the hype of going into a derby at course like, was so ridiculous. That it was hard to live up to, but I mean, yeah. again, still a great derby. If you are ever able to go, go. It's I I would say the only thing better than a derby is your own team in the World Series. From like a would buy a ticket in person, right? And for Jordan, a, his team in the playoffs. Um, yeah, I, whatever. The, the, your team in the postseason. You can team in the postseason. Your own team in the postseason. If it was a World Series game with teams that I don't root for or the derby, I would do the derby. It is electric the energy is it fills you up i i find it to be a very unifying night where you know like there are all these different roles that we play in the baseball world media or fan or hitter or pitcher and it kind of just everyone's the same awe inspired being for one night where it's like me and fernando tatis jr are both like holy shit did you just see what juan soto did right and i find that to be very beautiful and in person, it like it's just oh, it's just great. There's no, it's so simple. It's just mm-hmm. home run. <laughs> I will say, if there is one thing I miss about watching on TV, although Bobby, you can speak more to what the broadcast was like because it sounds like people were not a huge fan of it. I do miss having the being able to see all the players on the field because I love that they just set up the. That's a great thing, addition that they made that they set up the couches and all the all stars from both teams and all their families are hanging out. I ne- I never get tired of the teammates running out with the Gatorade. I think I oh oh this was a great moment last night. Arenado going out for story and hyping up the crowd in the first round. That was fantastic. That was a I that was a very 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 cool moment because you could tell Nolan was like. Well, look, I mean, they still love me here. Like, let's be real. Like, I can kind of I can kind of have a moment here, too. Um, so to see like, you know, Nelson Cruz going out for Soto was very cool, right? Like seeing stuff like that. And so, I, you know, you see some of it on the big screen in the stadium. But I one of my favorite things about watching on TV is that they're just showing those all the time. And I do miss that. Were there any moments like that, Bobby, that you saw uh, on the broadcast? Not specifically moments like that. Although I did love um, uh, Tatis and Machado running out there for Soto as well. They were running out there and hyping him up after he eliminated Otani, which was fun. I thought it was like Machado sort of leaning into his heel stuff from time to time is really funny where he like runs out there and celebrates eliminating the guy that everybody wanted to watch. They showed him on the broad on, on the big screen at Coors at one point and everyone booed him. Wait, hold on. Really? Did you, was Okay. Are you talking about yeah. did they show him? Did you see the other time that they booed like crazy? No. They showed so, an Orioles fan 
wearing an Orioles Machado jersey during Trey Mancini's final round. Or like in between, before, whatever, one of the and rounds. And they booed the fan. Yeah. Like it was wearing she like the had- Orioles Trey Mancini or the Orioles Machado jersey. It was crazy. Like, Is that there was- something that I don't know about Machado and the... And he's just the heel. The Rockies? It's the Rockies. I guess it's just an individual. I don't know, man. I guess he's just like the guy that everyone hates in the division. It's, the, I don't know. I was surprised by that. The thing that I'm so jealous about that you guys were there, you could actually tell what was going to be a home run, what was going to be fair. The ESPN broadcast took a weird ca- angle. Like it wasn't the normal like, center field cam, really. It didn't feel like the normal center field cam. And so you couldn't tell, uh, especially to left handed batters, if it was going to be fair. So many of the Otani home runs, I was like, you know, nervous to celebrate as he was making his run and getting into his groove because I literally couldn't tell if it was going to go fair or foul. And well, Olsen even more so because his swing is so, yeah. you know, so pole-centric anyway as it as it exists. This is this is the issue, though, with the way that the... the like, if you're going to keep pitching to people and not have it stop, you're going to have home runs flying at the same time. You know what I mean? And that does make it a little harder to watch. And I understand that. Even in person, it's like swing and you follow the ball flight because you want to see if it's going to hit the fifth deck or whatever the hell. But then you've missed like the next one. Like I, the kid who made the catch right near us, I missed it because my eyes no, He cracked. did not make the catch. Sorry, the he kid who did not make, make the, the catch. catch. <laughs> that was, by the way, Bobby, that was the section over from us. Oh, okay. Um, yeah. did, did you see, I assume you saw the clip of the guy, the guy who spilled over, the, over the, the railing. railing? Yeah. yeah. You can see me in that video if you watch it. I'm oh, yeah. Just I love that. up to the left. I yes. love that. Yeah. Yes. Um, but yeah, dude, like being, I, I just cannot emphasize to people. It is the best event in person. It is like, it's just everything that's good. Can I say something baseball. about Pete really quickly as the Mets homer here? Do it. Yeah, go ahead. I'm so glad that Pete got to win it and have like the Derby be his showcase his. event. Because when he won it in 2019, look, I understand the, the it was Vlad Guerrero Jr. We had not that, had that much experience with Vlad Guerrero Jr. on a national stage. And he put on the show of a lifetime. Pete won it by the rules. Somehow people are like, oh, the Derby is perfect. They fixed it. And then also mad that Pete won it based on the rules when Vlad Guerrero Jr. has an amazing round. So it was a little bit marred by that, I think. And people were not as excited about it. I think people are still not as excited yesterday because Mancini was a great story. They were also rooting for Otani. But undoubtedly, this one was his. And it was cool no doubt. to watch. No doubt. It was super cool. And Jordan and I were talking about this yesterday. He's going to be the derby guy. He's officially the home run derby dude, right? You know, I don't like that that much. I just got to say that because if he's Bobby's the home like, run I, derby I need- dude, I'm like, can he also be the first base for the New York Mets in the playoffs, okay, dude? That's fine. But, but, but Bobby, that's okay. He can, he can do that too. He's, he's, it's, okay, he had the quote. Like, he's, he's already going up there trying to do this. I know. I love the quote. I love the quote being like, I, I'm the best power hitter in the game. Yeah. Just a flex. Like, just a flex from no Pete. Difference. Like, I, it makes no difference. It doesn't but, take you know, away from him. It, this should be his and not Griffey's because the Derby thing is like the 12th most important thing about home run or about Ken Griffey Jr. Like if I was like, what's great about Griffey? The Derby's should not be in the top 10 at all. Right. You know, the car, the smile, the cultural import, like all of that stuff is more important. Pete being the home run. Der- look at him. Okay. He, <laughs> he looks like a home run. He's a walking, breathing dinger. Just strutting around that. the world. That's the thing. And he's the one it. thing that he, from the broadcast that you guys wouldn't have known by being there is they were showing him in the in the lead up to his next round. So like after the first round, after the second round, he went down and he was like taking constant BP. 
Like he hit probably hit like a hundred more home runs in BP in the tunnel. Amazing in the cage. <laughs> in the cage. Uh, yeah, so bombs, good. baby. Yeah, no. Pete, it was Pete's night. You're right, and 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 good. Like he he earned it, and I hope he continues uh, to be the guy at the, at the top of the home run derby hill. All right, let's center in on Otani. We yes. talked about Otani Derby last night. Let's move we're forward gonna... to tonight. Let's. This is. A, this will be again. We're not going to talk that much about the game tonight because the All Star game is just not. It's just not that interesting. Like you get some cool matchups here and there. Uh, but get some tonight, fun moments. Yeah, you get some fun moments. Of course, we're excited to be there. But like, it's not the same kind of thing. There's no analysis to necessarily be done. So the fact is, this will be a sh- very, very interesting because Otani will be starting. He'll be leading off. And he just, I mean, it's, he's how, like, okay, how hard is Otani going to throw tonight? Because this is another thing. It's like, you normally you have the guys go out there and trying to throw as hard as they can. And Otani, especially in the last couple months, his velo has, has taken some time during the game to get going. And the dude was, is exhausted. Like, I mean, maybe he's, he is Superman. We know that. But like, it is to a point, like we're, we're really asking a lot of him. Now, again, he wants to do it. The whole premise of this season is that Otani wants to do all of this. And as long as his body will let him, he is going to do all of it. There's no point in the Angels making up completely rules based on nothing because we've never seen like this before, anything like this before. They're just like, screw it. If he's going to get hurt anyway, he's going to get hurt anyway. Like we're, if he feels good, we're going to let him do everything. Uh, but man, I just, I'm, I'm intrigued because my goodness, he looked tired. <laughs> like people who are as remarkable as Shohei Otani in their fields are allowed to break rules and conventions where if you're not going to push what's accepted for this fucking guy, who else would it be then? And I'm talking, I guess, specifically about, you know, just the angels letting him do both and the all-star game being like, he's going to hit first and he's going to pitch and then they're not going to lose the DH. Sorry. That's just how it's going to go. Right. You know, those are not the rules of baseball. Those are the rules to Otani. When you are Shohei Otani, you get to do what you want on a baseball field because you have earned that right. You know, you are a super, an international superstar of epic proportion. And I'm happy that MLB has kind of allowed the rules to be slightly bent tonight for the All-Star game in order to facilitate something that, like you said, Otani wants to do. That's very important. No one is forcing him to do the derby or to start or any of this, right? This is his own desire. And I think it's important that we allow him to try and fulfill that for the sake of like sports history, first of all. That's really key. And then it's something that we all want to see as fans. You know, it is entertainment at the end of the day. And Shohei Otani is just a movie we've never seen before or could ever conceive of. Uh, Jordan, I want to talk about seeing him in person, being in his in his immediate physical presence. It's the first time for me. Okay. I was in the tunnel yesterday waiting to go onto the field to get sunburned um, and talk to people, but mostly just pick up a nasty sunburn. And, you know, the all-stars are kind of like walking back and forth through the tunnel to go do like media stuff, like take pictures, you know, like all the slow-mo things they'll play tonight. Like they have to shoot all that stuff here. And Otani walks through it, the, the shoulders, it's the shoulders, the shoulders, Jordan. The shoulders. Okay. At first, when I saw him on TV, I was like, he's got a tiny head. <laughs> he's got big shoulders. The head's fine. It's a normal r- head. Normal head. Ridiculous shoulders. Big shoulders. He takes up so much space. 
one of my thoughts was like, he must be the worst person ever to like share a bed with. Because oh he's taking or, up or a airplane an seat, airplane or like seat back of the car, like yeah, he is so remarkably wide in a way that like it's really like him, Trout, honestly, Adley Rushman, and football players. Okay, yeah. that's it. it. Looks like he has pads on. That's really the best way. To exactly, put it. he looks like he's wearing a bodysuit underneath his uniform because. And it it's just this physical, and you could see it on the broadcast, like some of this that I was seeing like this morning, some of the slow-mo shots of him homering, the bat looks like a mm-hmm. twig. Like it looks mm-hmm. like a toothpick to him. Yeah. And also like, that's the thing. So when you see it, it's like, oh, that's why he can do what he can do. But then you remember he's also like one of the 20 fastest players in baseball. And you're like, how is this human moving in these ways? I just, it's ridiculous. He, yeah. There's no one else shaped like him. It's true. And, you know, he is the story of this all-star game. It is not even a debate. Walking around the city, you we see more. It's easily Rockies are the most visible thing by team, and then the Angels. And then, you know, usually it's host team, Yankees. And today, it's host team, Otani stuff, Yankees. And that's cool, right? You know, Stephen A. Smith going on first take the other day and dropping some racist garbage about Shoyotani not being the face of baseball. I mean, even if you want to take like, like the, the xenophobia out of it, like he's incorrect. It is, yeah, he is wrong. Stupid. It is, it is, it is just not he's inc- like Shohei Otani is the biggest deal here. Not a question. The amount of people who are here to see Otani, to experience Otani, to just get to watch him in person is the story of all-star week i jordan as you know sneaky love all-star game player merch it is one of my guilty pleasures that at every all-star game i buy a jersey of like the all-star uni aesthetic with the player who i think that all-star game belongs to i have a judge marlins one i have a harper uh 2018 uh nats one like dc one i didn't get one in cleveland because they didn't sell vlad ones and I thought it belonged to him. And then this is Otani. So I bought one of the, you know, the weird uh, Navy, like LAA jerseys with Otani on the back. Because this is his. And we're all just witnesses. Yeah. I would also say quickly, since you mentioned it, pretty happy for Rockies fans for just this whole week. Like yeah. I know, I know it, it, it can't, the circumstances of it ending up in Colorado is are crazy. And we don't have to go into that. But like, it, it's cool because Rockies fans are having a tough time and they are they are playing a very, very good host. So just yeah. wanted to shout them out. We are going to take a quick break and we are going to be back uh, talking a little bit about the Futures game, the draft, and of course, the good, the bad, the ugly. This episode is brought to you by Atlassian. Atlassian software like Jira, Confluence, and Trello help power global collaboration for all teams so they can accomplish everything that's impossible alone. Because individually, we're great, but together, we're so much better. Learn how to unleash the potential of your team at Atlassian.com, A-T-L-A-S-S-I-A-N.com. Atlassian. Tap the banner or visit this episode's page to learn more. This episode is brought to you by Viore. I love sports. I know you do too. I also know that lots of you exercise, but if you're like, me and my wife, the, the beloved sports gal, 
you're sick and tired of ugly, uncomfortable workout gear, especially, you know, I do a lot of walking. I walk around LA, I make calls, I listen to podcasts. Here are two words that will change everything. Viore clothing, a line of activewear that is unbelievable. The best thing about Viore is you can lounge around in it, you can work out in it, you can go outside, you can go shopping down in your local wherever, and you never feel like you're either underdressed or overdressed. You're just comfortable. You can wear it when you're training, traveling, lounging around the house. Go get yourself some of the most comfortable and versatile clothing on the planet. Here's the deal. Our listeners get 20% off their first purchase at viori.com slash Simmons. Once again, V-U-O-R-I.com slash Simmons. This episode is brought to you by Thomas's. Thomas's presents Pondering the Bagel with Tom. Oh, the paradox of the bagel. Tis crunchy yet soft. Tis filling yet has a hole. Tis a vehicle for spreads, but only travels from toaster to plate. Thomas's. Huzzah! A toast to breakfast. And we're back here on Baseball Barbecue, second half of our very special all-star edition. We are wearing special uniforms that everyone is getting very mad about on Twitter. They're um, fine. They're fine. They're, I've decided okay. they're, they're pretty. I've decided, hey, they're better in person. They're fine. There you go. Uh, we are going to uh, jump back a little bit uh, to Sunday, All-Star Sunday, a historic All-Star Sunday, uh, and talk a little bit, uh, a bit about the Futures game and the MLB draft. Um, because we, you know, we talked last week about how excited we were about them, but we didn't really fully give them their due. And so we did want to talk a little bit about some of our favorite moments uh, from that game and the draft, which happened during All-Star Week for the first time ever. So uh, let's begin with the Futures game. Um, now, one thing that uh, I think in general drives us crazy is that the Futures game is during Major League games. Uh, it is even worse that it is seven innings. Um, but there was still a lot of amazing talent, and there were some great moments. Uh, so what were your favorite parts about the Futures game, Jake Mintz? Uh I always love Futures game batting practice. I think you learn more about the players during batting practice than you do during the game because, you know, you can't really glean anything from four at-bats from a prospect or even two at-bats from a prospect. But, you know, 35 batting practice swings, you're going to see who has power and who doesn't. Mets catcher Francisco Alvarez stole the show, as did Braves outfield prospect Michael Harris. Um, very impressive showing from both of them. Alvarez in particular for being a 19 year old catcher, just the amount of pop he had was remarkable. He also homered in the game. Um, so batting practice is always great. And you're on the, like the way that all-star week works, right. Is like people, more people show up progressively as the week goes on. Like we got here on Friday to do, you know, the early, like all the high school, all America stuff. And so the earlier you get there, the fewer people that are there, but the people that are there are even more in on the stuff. And Sunday on the field before the Futures game is the sweet spot where it's not too busy that, you know, like today on the field for the game will be a, a madhouse and you won't be able to do anything. It's like you feel like a sardine, but like Friday, it's still a little empty and not all your friends. Are here. The sweet spot, Jordan, is Futures game VP. Absolutely. Um, and it's just cool to, to see uh, future, like 
you read about if you're into prospects and you're into the minor leagues, like you read about these guys and we love going to minor league baseball, but the reality is they're spread out all over the country and you don't necessarily get to see them. So to see all these names that people love talking about in their crazy trade offers and saying, this guy's untouchable and this guy's going to become this and this guy's going to be that, like they're all real players and to have them in the same place and just understand, see them next to each other and understand the size of them, right? That is, that is always a helpful thing. You mentioned Adley, uh, guys like Julio, where it's like, oh my God, like these are, and and especially when they're as young as they are, um, it's it's really impressive and it kind of puts in perspective the kinds of players they are, the kinds you you kind of understand their skill sets a little bit better. Even if you don't necessarily get anything out of a seven inning game, you can kind of start to picture what makes these guys great because of what they look like. Julio, great example. Mm-hmm. Julio Rodriguez, Mariners outfield prospect, right? Top three, five prospect in baseball, and like you're like okay, he's outfielder, he's tall. He's supposed to be charismatic, right? You, we saw him in person with an enormous chain that's a J-Rod show. He acted like he'd known us for 15 years with a smile that could light up a room. And he's easily 6'3", maybe 6'4", right? And you're like, oh, okay, I get it. Like, yep. you're that type of player, yep. right? And that the proximity to that, even as a fan at the games, at the Futures game, gives you a really, really good sense of just who the players are. Absolutely. Uh, other standouts from the game. It was interesting. Again, seven in the game, whatever. If you looked purely on prospect pedigree, the AL looked way more uh, loaded than the National League, and the National League ended up, you know, kicking their ass. Uh, but uh, any other standouts? Okay, so pitchers. Brendan Davis. We got to talk about Brendan Davis. Oh, we got to talk about Brendan Davis, the MVP. Yes, uh, Cubs outfield prospect. Cubs system um, slowly, slowly improving. Uh, I know that's not really what Cubs fans are worried about right now, although they might be soon. Um, but Brennan Davis is one of the guys that they've really hit on recently. Uh, awesome kid, uh, drafts out of a high school in Arizona and has really, really, really come on. You know, guys like this get, get drafted. You, you take the outfielder, you, you, just, you take the athletic outfielder and hope that he really learns how to be a really good baseball player. And Brennan Davis is exactly that. And to see him hit two home runs was very cool. Uh, yeah, he, he was also a very fun conversation. We talked to him before before the futures game and big he raises llamas uh, and peacocks on his family farm. So he built a little bit differently. Uh but yeah, anyone anyone else? I think the hardest pitch was thrown was by Luis Medina. Bobby Witt went 0 for two with an average exit velocity of 108. <laughs> yes. So that's uh that's always also helpful to have these guys on a big league field uh with Stackcast um to to kind of see what kind of what kind of raw ability they have. Uh Shane Boz, I know was throwing some pretty nasty stuff. Reed Detmers. Uh, as much as I hate to admit it, <laughs> as a Mariners fan, is looking like a pretty damn good pick for the Angels of Anaheim. Uh, I would, I would not be stunned if he is in. Well, if they're in, the, if they're in the mix, I could see him in the big leagues this year. Um, but they're they're not going to be because they're the Angels. Um, but yeah, so those were uh, some of the guys we wanted to shout out. Let's move to the Major League Baseball draft, which well, for the first let, time ever. Oh, any I want to walk people thing? through the day here. Oh, okay, okay so sure, sure, yeah. The Futures game starts at one local. Mm-hmm. Mountain time, sure. Uh, you get there at like 10, you do the BP, you schmooze, you watch the Futures game, and then the draft started at 5, okay? And the Futures game ended at like 4.15 about. So Jordan was on draft coverage, and I was on more on Futures game, and so Jordan left the Futures game early, I think in like the sixth inning. Zoomed over to the across town where the draft was and got there, and then I got there like, Two minutes before the draft started. <laughs> yeah. And again, like why they are moving it to All-Star Week uh, is basically they want to make it an event. And we're going to talk a little bit about more of that later uh, during my UGLA. Um, but 
it was cool. Uh, and like the fact that they did it in a theater for the first time and not in Studio 42 in New Jersey made it feel more like an event. That said, yeah, the scheduling of it and the timing of it, especially when all the people that are covering the draft and the Futures game are the same people, was a little bit hectic. Um, but so we go to the draft. And again, we'll talk about the actual in-theater in, in uh, experience later. Uh, but let's talk about some of the actual picks because I know, you know, we have to go too deep into to all these names because I know they're not necessarily familiar to everyone. But the biggest story coming into the night was Jack Leiter and Kamar Rocker, of course. Um, Kamar Rocker, former baseball barbecue guest, we had to know where was he going to go. Um, and I think the average person turning in would be like, all right, well, Rocker, I mean, he... Of course, coming into the season, he's going one. He's going to Pittsburgh, no doubt. Uh, that became very obvious that that was not going to happen. But then it was really like, all right, wh- wh- where is he going to go? Uh, and then, holy shit, uh, Kamar Rocker falls to 10. And falling to 10, is it that crazy? No. If you'd been following, falls to 10 to the New York Mets. And Bobby, yeah, Bob baby. Wagner, prepare, prepare yeah, yourself. Yeah, baby. Falls to 10 to Rocker excitement. Just, just give me one more second here. Rock uh, on, him baby. Fall, him, <laughs> him falling to 10. Uh, if you've been following the draft process over the last month, is not super shocking. Um, the Angels taking Sam Bachman instead of Kamar Rocker, I think, was pretty telling. Um, that was maybe the spot that was pretty shocking. But And then, of course, the Royals just going totally off the board, taking a, a high school lefty from Connecticut. I think a lot of people thought that could be a spot for Rocker. Um, so that wasn't that crazy. But then it just really started to set in that the Mets just got Kamar Rocker. Like, that yeah. is... That is a pretty big deal for baseball. Um, and uh, Bobby Wagner, how are you feeling? I mean, when all of it is about slot money, who cares? It's Steve Cohen's checks now. It's not my, <laughs> it's not my money. Yeah. We're going I'll way over slot. Give him another million just for the hell of it because he's yeah, cool. Absolutely. You know, give him more money. Bobby, were you watching the draft? Like, did was there a point when you? No, were like, I wasn't oh watching God. the draft. <laughs> I was walking my dog because I don't register these events as seriously as you guys, as you know, because I accidentally spoiled the first pick for you because Passon tweeted it before it happened, and I saw the tweet and I texted you guys. <laughs> Bobby, yeah, well, we and Jake's like, do not do this again, and I was like, do not do what? You're at the event. How are you not ahead of me? Well, that's the problem. Well, that's because different. The, that's a different. Not pa- passing to do this year, but like friends of ours, people we like. People we love tweeting the picks out in advance. Hate it. We're not, anti- we'll not yeah, to ruining the event. I think it's lame as hell. Ruining the event. Lame as hell. Uh, I'm so excited about Rocker. Obviously, there are a couple reasons that he fell. Like the the slot value was one of the reasons, but also the velocity and the potential health. I guess people have drummed that up. I just think it's a perfect example of one of those guys where you've seen so much of him that you like project flaws that could happen once he gets to the majors. But if this was a guy who you only saw that first season where he no-noed in the College World Series with 19 strikeouts, this is just the top three pick, no matter what. Like, this is a, a Garrett yeah. Cole-level college pitcher, and I'm thrilled to have him. I think Mets fans who are like, he's going to debut in September are fucking out of their minds. But, like, <laughs> yes, 2022, I'm fine with that. I'm fine with that. I, they're, okay, he needs to nap for, like, a couple more weeks after throwing, like, forever. Um, during the playoffs, but I think I refuse to look at his pitch counts now that he's on the Mets. I refuse to look at whatever pitch counts he's had in the last 12 months. I fear that. I don't want to know. Please don't tell me. There's a David Price bullpen scenario here is what I'd say. Yeah, I wouldn't count on it, but I think it's possible. Um, Yeah, it's possible. Uh, Rest of the draft, we should probably talk about Henry Davis, who went number one overall. Fan of the barbecue. Love to hear it. That's good. That's obviously what people care about the most. Um, Henry Davis who, again, you could say, well, what the hell? Everyone thought the Pirates would just take the best player available. The best player available was probably Marcelo Meyer, uh, shortstop. But Henry Davis was not far behind. Henry Davis was the best player in college baseball this year. 
and he is a, a franchise catcher. And he's the kind of guy that, of course, when you're taking a franchise catcher, you want him to be a really awesome person uh, who works ridiculously hard and is committed to being great. And the fact that he can hit the way that he can is very exciting. Now, I it, listen, there's risk for this. I like the rest of the Pirates draft. We don't have to get into that. They, they, there were benefits to doing that because they got some very good high schoolers later. Um, are they passing up the opportunity to get like a real franchise possible MVP in Marcel Meyer? Yeah, of course. But I don't think it was that crazy. And uh, it was just cool because Henry Davis was there. And he, we got to watch the number one pick walk across the stage. Yeah, and that was pretty sweet. I got nothing else to add. I got nothing else to add. I mean, yeah, other other, <laughs> other fun picks, picks, Jordan. Other picks, other picks. Khalil in the Watson, first round, Khalil uh, Watson, and sixteen least worth mentioning. Lighter to, t- yeah. Oh, Khalil Watson. Yep, Khalil Watson, sixteen. The Marlins, super fun. He was a guy that was definitely projected to be a, a top ten type talent. Uh, just slipped for a few reasons. I would not be surprised if he had the kind of fall that once he kind of fell out of the seven, seven and eight range. Again, a lot of these deals are done beforehand, and so there are likely teams between ten and fifteen that. We're not expecting Khalil Watson to be there, but they had already lined up their board and they had already made their deals. And they were like, well, we can't blow it up with the risk. We haven't even talked to Watson, so we can't call him now and be like, hey, is this going to work? Whereas the Marlins were like, fuck it, let's do it. And that's exactly what the Marlins should be doing. We've seen the way that they acquire players. They're always trying to go for for some super duper crazy talent. Khalil Watson is exactly that. Him and Jazz are a incredible pairing, potentially. Obviously, Watson's a couple years away, at least, but... That's the kind of, it's a very similar kind of player and talent and swing and energy. Um, and that's very exciting. So I, I really love that pick. Um, you know what, Jake? We're just not going to talk about the Orioles unless you really want to. Oh, we're good. No, we we're good. To talk about All the right, Orioles. Jordan, let's, let's do good, <laughs> let's bad, do ugly. Because we have things to do. Uh, let's begin the good, bad, ugly. Of course, good. What was good? What was bad? What was ugly? What was good? Well, good is something good. Good, bad is something bad. Ugly is something Dan Ugla. We love Dan Ugla. Uh, I had someone tell me that James Triantos. High school pick for the Chicago Cubs is like Dan Ugla. So I could pick James Triantos. Uh, the good, the, Ugla, the bag, but, and the Triantos. <laughs> but I won't. We'll wait for James Triantos to actually become that. Let's begin with the good. Jake, what was good for you this week? Uh, I met Adley Rushman, Jordan. And I, as a media member, as a reporter, as a journalist, Big J Jorno, uh, Jorno Schusterman, I try and maintain, you know, a little bit of net neutrality here. Okay. That's definitely what that means. Uh, and. That being said, I am an Orioles fan. Adley Rushman is the truth in the future. And getting to sit down and talk with him and interview him. We interviewed him for about five minutes. What a nice guy. Nice guy. Charismatic as all hell. But clearly, like, incredibly, like, about it. About, like, being the baseball leader guy. Right? Mm -hmm. And it was was just very cool to see that in person. Like, Mm -hmm. be up. Like, his shoulders are Artani-like, I will say. (laughs) His BP was superb. Yep. And everything that I wanted him to be in person, he was. Yeah. Like it was, he's not my hero. You know, I'm not, this wasn't Jake meeting his hero yet. <laughs> Isn't he younger than you? <laughs> oh, yeah. Your heroes could be younger than you, Bobby. You're my hero. Are you kidding me? Zaila Avant Garde is yeah. my hero. And she's Good 14. Call. Like, let's uh, be real. Also, as producer of this show, I have to say that we're now adding a shoulder called sh- or a, a segment called Shoulders Report with Jake, where you have to get all of your shoulders talk into 30 seconds because there's a shocking amount of discussion about the, the width of people's shoulders on this podcast so far. Anyway, anyway, Adley was great. He was he was just cool. He was just cool. Like, I'm happy right, yes. to report Adley's awesome. that the best player in my favorite team will be cool. 
He already is he cool. Was, Cedric Mullins is already cool. cool. I was going to say. Uh, all right, my good this week uh, is actually something that happened in Major League Baseball. It is Garrett Cole. Garrett Cole, holy shit. Saturday night, Friday night, Saturday night, one of those nights, he gave us the pitching performance of the season, complete game. I believe it was 12 strikeouts, striking out Jordan Alvarez in the last batter of the game at 120 whatever pitches, which was, I think, the most the starters thrown all season, telling Aaron Boone, um, no, you are not going to bring Aramis Chapman into this baseball game because that has not been going so great lately. I'm going to finish it off. It was exactly the kind of game that the Yankees needed. But my good is not Garrett Cole doing that. My good is Garrett Cole doing that and then the Yankees blowing a five-run lead in the ninth the next day. Uh, that is my good. I'm a, I'm a Yankees hater. Um, I, when, I, when I saw the Cole ending, I was like, that's exactly what the Yankees need. Now they're going to get hot. Here we go. It's over. The Yankees are going to storm back and win the division. And it took 24 hours for it to all come crashing back down. So, sorry, I'm a hater. I'm not mad. I mean, I, Mike Wargon, our producer's here, too. I, he's our Yankees fan. Correspond- sorry, Mike. I, I just can't help myself. Um, so, that's my good. But also, like, let's be real. Garrett Cole is freaking awesome. We can, yes, his spin rates are down, but guess what? He's still one of the best pitchers in the world. What a surprise. Jordan, my bad. I was going to complain about the schedule. I was going to whine about the way the draft is set up with the future game and the dirt, whatever. I'm not going to do that. Okay. My bad is not really a bad. It's more of a heartfelt, I'm sorry you had to deal with this to someone. Okay. There are no Astros at the 2021 All-Star game. All of them have opted out. The four uh, Houstonians are Carlos Correa, Ryan Presley, Jose Altuve, and Michael Brantley. None of them are here for various reasons. Presley had a kid. That's fine. The other three are like kind of maybe injured, not really, don't want to get booed. Whatever. Fine. You do what you want. Go on vacation. But that means there's still a lot of anti-Astro fury and fervor about and afoot around. And that was manifested yesterday before the Home Run Derby when every team's mascot was announced, introduced, and ran out on the field before yes. the Derby. Yes. When Orbit, the Astros mascot, was introduced, the Rockies crowd booed Orbit into oblivion. And it was hilarious. But I'm more saying that like that was, I'm sure, a tough experience for whomever was in the Orbit costume. And I'm saying, I'm sorry you had to deal with that. Well, and also like, Astros, there are Astros fans that probably bought tickets to the whole All-Star game and came just to see Orbit and Futures Gamer Pedro Leone. Yeah, like, that sucks. Like, I know you guys can all hate Astros fans all you want. And I know it seems crazy for me to just be shitting on Yankees fans and then praising Astros fans. I know there's some Yankees fans. I I know you're you're Arthur fisting pretty hard right now. I apologize. But it's true. Like, listen, those those are people too. Uh, and, uh, that I agree. I agree. I don't like to be the guy and I'm not saying this to be clear where it's like the players owe me, like they got to come for the all-star game. The gay got to pay it back. Like I am not saying that. What I'm saying is that the end result of what we have exactly where there are no representatives from a team just looks stupid and silly and cannot happen. So I just agree. to be clear, what you're saying is you don't think Ryan Presley should have gone and seen his baby get right. born. That's yes. the that take is the, that what you is want. It? That's what you want people to take away from that take. It's the wussification of America. <laughs> Remember that? What was it? Trevor Rosenthal went to go get to see his kid get born. 
he like missed like a May series against the Pirates, and some Cardinals writer was like, "The wussification <laughs> of America is watching your kid born." Ryan Presley, oh if you don't God. walk one, right. get two strikeouts, and end the inning on a pop up in the All Star game. What was it all for? Why did we even hold the event? That's what I'm saying, dude. Uh, my bad is quick. You can see your kid later. My bad is quick. This is also a baseball thing that I saw last week. Uh, a stat, and again, normally we don't want to pick on. Oh, this player sucks. Especially this one. But this was just so like, holy shit. Like, I, I saw it and I was like, that can't be right. And then I looked it up and I was like, oh, that is the worst ever. Are you aware of how Yancy Almonte's season has been going? Oh, no, he's a good dude. Love Yancy Almonte. Awesome guy. I wish him the best of luck. I know the Rockies are having a tough season. But Yancy Almonte came into a game last week and he pitches a lot, right? Like, this is the thing. And his ERA was over 11. And I, I was like, okay, bad relievers come into games and they pull up their stat, they put up their stats, and I'm like, oh well, oh he's having a bad season, that's normal. And so my question to you here, for the purpose of this, okay, quickly, let's just get this out of the way because I don't want to dunk on Yancey Almonte. Currently, it is he has ERA's ten six seven, which would be the second highest of ever for any pitcher who's appeared in thirty games. Okay, so let's just get that out of the way. That's why it's really bad. But my question to you is, what is the number where you're like, whoa? That's not a good season for a reliever because it's not five. It's not six. It's just like that's what happens to relievers. Where's the number for you? I mean, if you're throwing a, enough, if you're throwing over like 30 or 40 innings, like you're a normal pitcher who's appearing a, couple, a few times a week. Uh, this is something that I've always believed that the difference between seven and eight is more than one that like eight just looks so oh, much bigger than so seven, eight is- not even just ERA, but like all numbers, right? Okay. Like eight o'clock, like it's late seven o'clock, like. We got lots of time. It's essentially the afternoon. Seven o'clock <laughs> might as well be six o'clock for me. It might as well be five o'clock or two o'clock. Right. Eight o'clock might as well so be midnight. Funny. Okay. <laughs> so for me, the eight is always my tipping point number. Mm-hmm. So I will say eight. Great answer. Great answer. I think I agree with you. I think seven for me is when I'm like, whoa, especially later on in the season. It's very biblical uh, of you, Jordan. And for starters, it's definitely six, okay. I would say, late in the season. But yeah, that's why when it pulled up, like it was literally like I saw it and I was like, what? And then I looked, I was like, is this the worst ever? And it was. And then he had a scoreless outing. So he's down to second now. He's but. figuring it out. Anyway, Yancy, I wish you the best of luck. I don't want you to finish. <laughs> I hope you can get, hopefully Yancy finishes under eight. So it can, it, it, yeah. it's not as bad as we think. All right, let's move to Ugla. Jordan. Ugla, Jake Mintz. Uh, I am going to start with just the draft experience in the, in the arena. In the theater, Arena? The Belco Theater. Yeah, the Belco Theater, sorry. Um, uh, it was super weird. There were a lot of weird parts about it. It's the first time, of course, they've done it out. So it was clearly kind of like a test run. Um, the fact that they had fans was very strange. Obviously, the commissioner getting booed is a huge moment for baseball, as you tweeted. Yep. Uh, they booed every single pick, all 36 picks, all night long. Yes, the crowd wasn't as big at the end, but they, people were sticking around. They, they made their voice uh, be heard. Um, the mascots being at the draft Weird. was hilariously bizarre. Uh, it was so interesting just because it was like the draft is, it is a celebration, but like the names being called are not anyone that any of the fans have heard of, but it really made me realize that like, they don't care. They don't give a shit. They get to be at the draft for the first time ever. They get to say they were at the MLB draft, the first fans ever at the MLB draft, and they were having a good time. Whoever their team was going to pick, they were going to cheer. No one was going to boo picks. The only picks that were like notably different was Rocker to the Mets. Like, I, I think for 
the Royals and, and maybe Rockies and Angels picks before, there were some fans being like, Rocker, like we want Rocker. Like I heard that a couple times. But beyond that, no one had any idea who was up there besides the kids who were in attendance. But I thought it was cool. And I'm, I'm curious to see where the draft kind of goes from here. It was weird. That was, It was ugly, but uh, I, I liked it. I think there's a lot of tailoring that needs to be done. I think it needs to be much shorter. Yep. I think it should be in Omaha instead of here. Well, because, they wanted it to be. I know. Yeah. I'm just saying like, I don't think that the type of person who comes to the All-Star game Mm-hmm. is the type of person who will care about the draft whereas the type of person who goes to Omaha it's it, you I think the draft is like different than M, than the NBA and the NFL in that at those levels the draft is for the fans of the pro teams more than the fans of the college teams right obviously there's a joy in like seeing your favorite players from college graduate in a way but like it's the NFL draft is like so you know freaking Browns fans could see who their next offensive lineman is going to be. But for baseball, it's not that because there's just so much time and there's so much attrition that it is more of a celebration from the amateur ranks. It is their moment, I think, more than the pro side. And so because of that, I would hold it at Omaha where, you know, if you just have like, imagine Will Bednar, who was drafted, I believe, 14th overall to the Giants, Mississippi State, who's the best pitcher in the College World Series. Imagine him getting drafted in Omaha and him being there in the afternoon before starting. Like, I know that's a lot for a kid to handle in the moment, whatever. We can figure it out. Maybe you do it the day after. It's tough to keep everyone around. Maybe you do it the day before. Like, it would be electric in that environment. That's my take on it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's fair. Um, but there was there was a lot of weird shit. And I just, again, I, I, we got to shout it out. I mean, I wrote about it in my story. But uh, Tamar Johnson, who is a top 2022 pro- draft prospect, uh, was at the draft just hanging out, I guess. And they were basically doing trivia in between, like during the commercials, because obviously it was broadcast. So they had to fill the time when they weren't on TV announcing the picks. And Ryan Spielberg was hosting it there too, just like he was hosting the Derby. And he was just doing random draft trivia. And there was this one where it was like, oh, we're here with uh, Jim from Queens. Uh, We're here with uh, Teresa uh, from Los Angeles. And uh, who are you? Oh, I'm, uh, hi, I'm Tamar from Atlanta. It's like, yeah, no, I know, dude. You're you're probably- There was like a, you know, (laughs) 10% 10% chance he's just like the number one pick next year. And he was just doing <laughs> was draft so trivia. Funny. It was so funny. I just, and no one had any idea. He was literally hitting 500 foot homers in the high school home run derby the day before. It was just, <laughs> it was great. I don't know why. I don't, may, very likely that MLB like asked him to be there and we're like, oh, this will be cool. But um, very strange and very funny. That was my favorite moment. All right. What's your ugly? All right, Jordan. This is my new favorite all-star event I'd like to talk about. Um, <laughs> some people like the home run derby. Some people like the all-star game. Some people like Jordan like futures. Or the draft, whatever. The new marquee event of All-Star Week takes place at 10.30 local time, Monday morning, in the stadium. Jordan Schusterman, I tweeted a video of this, but we're going to talk about it right here on Baseball Barbecue. That, they do this thing where they basically do a run-through of the intro stuff for the Derby the morning of so they can get the pyrotechnics right and they have all the camera angles right and they have the timing right. They do like a dress rehearsal, right? But they're not going to ask, you know, fucking Shohei Otani to come to the park at 1030 to do a dress rehearsal for the intros. So the, the people who put on the derby have volunteers from around Denver who come out in the morning and they basically pretend to be the derby people. Everything else looks like the Derby. I mean, we watched the real intros. It's the same. 
the camera angles. They have the volunteers kind of like step up and do like the and bat swings. Up. They do. Right. They do. They high five each other. But the best part is that the broadcaster, they're the PA announcer, is the same. So it's like mm-hmm. with twenty five home runs at the break, the two thousand and nineteen da 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 da. Pete Alonzo. And then this just like, you know, scrawny 23-year-old dude just like walks out there. He's like, yeah. It's so funny. They have like name tags on. It's how do you, get, just, how do you become that? Visual. How do you become that? It's funny you say that, Bobby. Yeah. I did my journalistic obligations. And You're I went a down real there. truth seeker today, by the way. I went down there, Bobby, afterwards. And I talked to some Pound in the pavement, boots I'm, on the ground. I'm out there. I'm out there grinding for sources, okay? What other and journalism talked, phrases can we get in there? Muckrake. I was out there, um, and I talked to stand-in Shohei and stand-in Soto, and I was like, stand-in Shohei, how did you get- You called him that? That's I Stand-in Shohei. I actually have his name. What else would you call him? One second. I, a little shout-out here. Nope, that's not him. Uh, oh, here we go. Eric. I talked to Eric. I said, Eric, Eric Otani, Eric Otani, how did you get to be Shohei today? And then I said, hey, Matt, Matt, how did you get to be Juan Soto today? And Eric said, I showed up first. He said, I was the first volunteer here <laughs> and they let me be Shohei. And that the second volunteer yeah. there was Matt and he got to be Juan Soto. I think they got to pick or they might have just done the matchups, but he got to be Shohei because he showed up first. I feel bad for whoever showed up sixth and had to be Matt Olson. Um, but getting to be Shohei Otani for an hour must have been just an amazing experience. I I was jealous. I I really I want that gig. And they did the whole practice thing twice or three times. Like they mm-hmm. did like a, a multiple times where it was like funny. I also love that time. they have. Oh, I also love that they have bats. That's oh. one of my favorite things. And I would love to know where the bats come from. Whose bats are those? Uh, next because, year, yeah. next year, Jordan, we got to do a live show this we gotta do a live show <laughs> pre show pre derby rehearsal <laughs> twitter live let's Jordan, who we're gonna see out here today standing in some of our favorites eric from 2021 who you know we should do you know we should do we should do a, a spotify green room immediately after it happens Breaking reacting down. to it are Good you idea. in on that bobby do you think that would attract a, a big crowd or no I think it would attract the exact same amount of crowd as we attract to all of our other Spotify green rooms. I think people are along for the ride no matter what. Let's go. Let's go, baby. Join the party. We got to talk to Stan and Shohei. All right. right, We got Eric here. Eric, you showed up at 5.07. Just beat out my man, Mike, who showed up at 5.09. Oh, my God. Uh, so in. Anything else? No, I think that's it. I think that's it. Uh, Tonight, the All-Star Game takes place. Again, we have Shohei Otani, the biggest story in baseball, against... Max Scherzer, who was not on the team a week ago, <laughs> starting the game for some reason, uh, which is great. Happy Scherzer Day to all who celebrate. And uh, yeah, Daniel I hope, Camarena. I hope uh, yeah, come, Camarena got to got to get your ass to, San, uh, to Colorado. Um, thank you for listening. Thank you to Bobby Wagner and Mike Wargon for the production excellence, as always. Thank you, Jake Mintz, for joining me on this episode of Baseball Barbecue. Uh, We're going to enjoy the final day here in Denver, and we will be back uh, next week, which I'm realizing is going to be a very interesting podcast. Bike Um, trip preview, baby. Yes, the day before 
the, the day before. Oh my god! Jake actually only went to the All Star game so he could train the week before in that high mountain air. Let me tell you what I've not been doing in Colorado: biking is exercising. <laughs> yeah, so okay. we'll see how much that comes back to bite him. I I would say that if we're looking at like my whoop score, you know, my recovery, we're doing like you know, no free ads. Okay, Your bleep score. I don't have I don't have a whoop. I actually was gonna buy a whoop, and then it was too expensive, and I didn't buy a whoop. So this is the opposite of a <laughs> oh, whoop ad. Um, whatever. I. My my entire body is feels worse now. Mm. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think that heart that heart rate variability is in the tank, brother. I would say the odds of me com- successfully completing the trip dropped by about three percent because <laughs> of my time in Colorado. All right, well, so alarming, so alarming as you're biking down some country highway in Ohio. I'm so worried about we'll, this. We'll, but listen, we'll, it's uh, your we'll see where that's to bear. There's no biking down in Ohio because it's all flat. Yeah. Uh, we're done. No more podcasts. We'll talk to you next week. Wait, I got Obviously. one more thing. I got one oh. more thing. I don't. All right, I'll see everybody later. Okay. Adios. This episode is brought to you by State Farm. You might say all kinds of stuff when things go wrong, but these are the words you really need to remember. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. They've got options to fit your unique insurance needs, meaning you can talk to your agent to choose the coverage you need, have coverage options to protect the things you value most, file a claim right on the State Farm mobile app, and even reach a real person when you need to talk to someone. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there.